0: In Medellin and I caught up with Jacob. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You? I'm pretty good. How how are you enjoying Medellin so far?
1: Ah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, look up there. I, this is a truly beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, in fact, maybe the prettiest in terms of landscape and such I've ever seen. Plus, we have Nerd Festival 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely
0: the nerd fest in in the like sort of place where we're at is. Uh, is giving it some very cool vibes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, so yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you're kind of everywhere. I see you on all the threads of like all the topics, so I don't really know like where to start. Mm-hmm. But I guess, what's the thing that you're like you're most interested in right now? Like, yeah, oh,
1: okay. Well, what's, so what's, it's, what's
0: taking up most of your mental bandwidth at the moment?
1: It, that would definitely be multi chain contracts, okay? Um, all
0: right, this is a good one,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like. My expectation is that most chains are going to end up having Cosmos natively. Yeah. And that, like, we will... Okay, past paradigm of Cosmos, and this is, how, I guess, how fast the evolution is occurring. In May or June 2020, we launched Osmosis, yeah. and Osmosis connected chains to other chains, right? So if you think of each chain like a computer, Okay. Now we have a network of computers talking to each other through the IBC relayers. And, um, this is actually how I got started. Uh, was, you know, one validating osmosis, but then two things started to move quickly, I think because we began to relay other chains would ask us to come and validate, um, because we were relaying and and really relaying at some scale. But we were just moving tokens and IBC is it's a networking protocol it can do a lot more than just move tokens between two chains yeah Um, so since maybe August of last year I've been talking about right when do we take the next step and I always figured that the next step would be application data moving between chains. And currently, I think we can see two really clear paths to that actually happening. On one hand, we have Quicksilver and basically Go modules yeah. that use interchain queries. So like, if I wanna know the price of assets on Osmosis, uh, I can do that. I can query the GAM module or the TWAP module, and I can learn about both current at historical
0: prices, mm. querying the chain using interchain queries. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. With Cosmos, I think it's easier though. Um,
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so you would have a contract that could, that could call functions on another contract on another chain. Exactly. Does it go further than that? Is that it? Like, I mean, you say so, cross-chain contracts you I mean, It's just like interchain accounts and interchain queries.
1: Well, do you remember Napster? I do. Okay. So Napster, (laughs) like, you know, your computer would download MP3s from other people's computer,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you had a program on your computer, your computer was connected to the internet, and then your program, it would talk to other instances of your program. Yeah. If each chain is a computer, and each contract is a program that can talk to other programs like it, that's kind of where we're heading. Okay. So if you look at, say, Juno and Chihuahua even, okay? You take Juno and Chihuahua, they both have all the necessary code in place to do interchain contracts, or Juno and Secret, same yeah. thing. Yeah, You can call the functions, you can also query the remote contract, um, learn what its state is, compute against that state, commit that state to, you know, let's say chain A is making a query, commit that and then do more things. That could call even additional contracts. Mars Hub, I was just talking with Larry actually, is gonna really heavily use that pattern. And um, I think that this could, as much as 100X, the transaction volume for relayers generally, this will cause other problems, but we'll solve those. And what we're gonna get though, I think, is a new breed of applications that they don't live on a single chain. This new breed of applications could have a front end that talks to multiple chains and multiple contracts on multiple chains and those chains could synchronize their their contract state.
0: Yeah, okay, so the contract state can get synced between those chains and um, but what, what, So what are the applications here? Like well, give me some practical examples of things that one can build or maybe that, I don't know, are you, are you building anything using this um, this technology?
1: Currently, we're not building that. We're kind of focused at Notional on the layer below that. Yeah. Um, but it's likely that we'll begin to, I'd say, you know, in the next version of chain upgrades. So like we're working on the code that, that enables those features. And we're also working on on various adapters, like we wrote code that makes COSMOSM support SDK 46. Uh, We did basically... What's SDK 46? SDK 46 is the the new version of the COSMOS SDK, yeah. And we did the same with IBC. We upgraded the IBC code so that it could support SDK 46. And all of this is really in support of the multi-chain contracts. There's a thesis here actually, which is sort of, if we as a validator and as a relayer, we support the development of all this technology, that's gonna make our validation and relay services more attractive. And it's also going to help, you know, Cosmos to grow in aggregate, Mm. which as we've expanded, you know, that's become kind of a key goal of ours. It's like, if you're validating I think we're 33 to 35 chains, depending if we count test nets that will be main nets soon. You know, it just becomes a question of, of how do you actually support the development and growth of the ecosystem? And we've decided to do that through writing software.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think like, it's such a good sort of combination of skills, right? To like be running validators, but also be writing the software and like, I mean, contributing to software as a validator. Yeah. yeah, It's, a, it's like a, a great fit for those two sort of business models, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, the way that that started was was actually relaying because that got us good exposure to infrastructure problems. Yeah. Um, now, you asked about specific projects, though. I think that the first is likely to be Window. Um The second is... Um, Dowdow itself. Yeah. So Jake has been doing a lot of work I think on, da- like,
0: Dowdow has lots of potential for this kind of crossing contract stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it would
0: be coordinating
1: groups uh, between chains instead of just being you know fully dedicated to just one.
0: Uh, I think the implication for and the ability for a DAO to control a contract and for, like, contracts to control DAOs, I think is some of the most interesting stuff that I've seen, say. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know we've, we've seen this in Ethereum for, for, for some time. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, all the tooling is there to do this, and like mm-hmm. there are many sort of contracts that do like organizations you know, that, that do this. Um, but in Cosmos, like the tooling's not quite there yet, and like yeah. DowDow is still, like, is great, but it's still dependent on like these sorts of things existing and being well yeah. deployed, and so like, I'm really just looking forward for all this stuff to kind of like work. Um, one of the things that we're thinking about at Interop and mm-hmm. the the validators that, that we're running, I actually want to talk to you about this because sure. I think you could really help figure out, uh, help me figure out the, the technical stack here. Mm-hmm. Is we want to do public goods funding from a validator perspective. Okay. So like as a delegator, you would accept to pay a higher commission when validating, when delegating to Interop. Uh, you'd pay something like 20% commission. Uh, we, would, we would take some percentage to run the infrastructure, mm-hmm. but then the rest would go to a DAO and that DAO would be controlled by the token holders who would be actually the delegators. Right. So we need to figure out a way to have the dele- the, the 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 voting power in this DAO to reflect be, re- your re- delegations, reflect the delegations yeah. which can change, right? So there needs to be some sort of rebasing mechanism, or I don't know what. But actually. that's the first challenge. And the other challenge is once the funds are in this DAO, mm-hmm. um, how uh yeah i mean how do, how effectively how does that work where you know like the delegator gets to uh decide where those funds get uh get sent okay so like that's that's like that's layer one mm-hmm. uh, phase two or phase one phase two would be to have this available for delegators to, of any chain right so like if someone's delegating with you, mm-hmm. they can they can use our interface and say, I want 10% or 20% or 40% or 100% of my of my rewards to go to this DAO. Yeah, good. And then is good. I'm going to use that, mo- like that money is going to public goods funding. And then maybe even, there might be even a third phase. And the third phase would be to have, you know, the sort of like degen version that's like unregulated, mm-hmm. unstructured, you do it, you don't really care about like you know the implications your sort of like fiscal implications. Yep. But we could also have a sort of institutional version of this that would have the Dow or at least part of the, those funds um, be controlled by some sort of a nonprofit right. and investors could buy tokens delegate them and then get some sort of a tax refund because they would be they'd be effectively donating to a nonprofit that's funding public goods. Yeah. So like there's like different phases to this. Of mm-hmm. course, the like the legal aspect I think is like a very challenging one that we're gonna try to figure out. But the technical parts, where effectively, you know, you you need to rebase the the, that, the, the DAO thing. Um, yeah, that's doable. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, right. that's definitely doable.
1: <laughs> uh, you could query the staking module to learn who's delegating, and then it, like I think it's not actually that hard that okay. particular piece. So. Making, uh, voting in the DAO reflect your current delegations yeah. is probably not too hard. The next piece of that, you mentioned a legal wrapper. Yeah. So I, I would say to, to speak with Jake about that. Jake Hart, no. yeah. Um, Because he's working on specifically that, like integrating that with DAO. And, well, so then, Okay, I have a question for you though. Yeah. Which is kind of like market appeal, right? Public goods funding has, I mean, traditionally not been super great. This includes from like community funds and stuff. I think there's a project called Comple, Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And you may want to talk to them because what, what what I'm finding just after accruing some experience and validating and participating in governance and stuff, yeah. is that token holders are you know, very deeply economically concerned. You could say that's even the primary concern,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, so, I mean, you, you might want to loop in... Um, see, this is where it becomes a security, though, uh. right? Because, like, <laughs> what you're saying yeah. is... what, what, what Like, yeah. like, what, what you'd be saying is that somehow your delegators would benefit from the fact that they're paying a higher commission. Um, they're not, I mean, you're not saying that they're not not benefiting.
0: I I mean, they're, they're donating their commission, right? We're just helping them do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure that like, I'm concerned that that might not actually accrue much in terms of delegations, Mm. unless you're able to rigorously prove that, you know, you're impacting say like the token price of the chain or, well, a secondary value capture mechanism, Mm. right? Potentially tied to your validator. So I would, I'd consider that portion of it a lot. Now I like this and I think that, okay, next piece is hard, right? So you're advocating for public goods funding. Yeah. Yes, this is good. All throughout Cosmos, I think that actually the greedy play is to do public goods funding um, with some caveats so I'm sure you're aware that there have been governance proposals that yeah. have funded like questionable things and I'm sure that you're also aware that the majority of new and aggressive projects fail this you know it's over 90% might be over 95% mm. so how do you account for those two things, right? What you don't want, in my opinion, is to lose experimentation. And I think we are, kind of, in Cosmos. Um, because funding new work, it often goes through governance. Yeah. And I don't think we're looking at it in a realistic fashion.
0: You mean that the, the governance isn't looking at Public funding, as a, in in a realistic fashion, and yeah, terms of the the evaluating the, the the sort of value of the things that we're funding, their impact, this sort of thing.
1: Well, yeah, and then also uh, getting used to a failure rate of around ninety percent. Yeah, um, that's a hard sell, I mean, it's also the truth, right? Like, um, any innovative, new, advanced tech project, the failure rates are actually very high.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And if we stick with the current, let's say very conservative funding model that we're currently pursuing, we won't ever really get into, I mean, you. I think you're setting up a VC fund. I mean, yeah. You probably know people who run them currently. So you probably know that they'll you know, invest in many projects knowing that many simply will not work.
0: Um, the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: I'd love to see governance get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had already we had also thought of doing the fund as a DAO, but yeah, I think the well, one, the tooling just wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, at scale, it's it's maybe hard to do due diligence. Um, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, and and also. You know i have i have very sort of opinionated views about like what i want to fund right and yeah so, yeah, and yeah so like a DAO is just like another like you know it's not to say that you you know one couldn't sort of be involved in both those things i mean of course like having a DAO that funds things is is interesting because you get to see all sorts of other projects and also projects that wouldn't get VC funding right yeah like things that just don't pass. They're they're not economically economically viable for for investors, but mm-hmm. they need to get funded. So that's that's the kind of the motivation to do this uh, this project. And so yeah, we're in the initial phases of scoping it out and like having conversations like this is, is also very interesting from a sort of practical perspective, but like also the technical aspects.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. I, how many people have you spoken to about that validator model, where the fees are higher, but you're funding public goods?
0: Yeah, a, like quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what were what were the responses?
0: Pretty unanimously positive. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, whether or not people just like the idea or whether they would actually delegate to a, a validator that's taking twenty percent is a different story. But I mean there is precedent for this. So like in Evmos, you're you're aware that there's a top five validator, top ten validator that takes a hundred percent commission. Evmos
1: for volunteers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: there's another one in there that takes like thirty percent. I think they're funding some sort of a workshop or I don't know, but like mm-hmm. this this exists, yeah. And like, what I'm saying is, let's let's do something similar, but where there's an actual community of people that want to delegate their funds, but also, you know, investors that are looking to uh, invest in crypto, but are also that also have this kind of like ESG, you know, maybe Ooh, okay, um, angle to their investments, and they're, you know, if they're investing in the crypto. They're getting rewards for the, for, for, the, for their investment by delegating and getting staking rewards yep. but they're also getting to you know, do this this sort of virtuous thing of, of funding public goods. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What do you... Yeah, just maybe like we can wrap this up but okay. what, what do you think of uh, what do you think of Adam 2.0 and what was announced this morning?
1: Okay! Boy, alright, first of all... This
0: might take the, a while. They,
1: uh, <laughs> um, not really because like, yeah. okay, well the vision is quite clear. Yeah. I have... I've a bunch of questions that I don't have answers to about specifically the MEV portion yeah. of the vision. I'm I'm curious like uh, in in what ways if at all skip will be involved. Um
0: skip skip this is MEV skip. Yeah, builder yeah. exactly.
1: And MEV is kind of new to me. Um, I actually like on a chain-by-chain basis, Notional is going to ask the community if they want us to do Skip. I find their work really intriguing. But, you know, that I, I think that there could be trade-offs, the scary kind, hmm. right? And the cool thing about Skip is that they've been really, really direct with me on all this stuff. Uh, and so I'm very interested to see their work evolve. But with, with Adam 2.0, all right. My, my downside, or my question actually, not even a downside, is the MEV stuff, and...
0: What's your burning question?
1: Oh, my burning question is, are we optimizing the stack for MEV, or by... Okay, because we're gonna make all of these new technical features that, in my opinion, it looks like they can be used for MEV, or against MEV. Even more interestingly, it looks like we're kind of turning the hub into a MEV platform. I, you know, like, I, I would be really interested actually, you know, if you speak to Zucky, ask him this question, right? Because I think that I talked to him this morning. You did? Yeah, Okay, yeah. And did he tell you like, we're turning the hub into a MEV platform or? No, no, okay. no
0: he didn't tell me we're turning the the, the the hub into a MEV platform. But yeah, I'm not sure what his, what his opinion is on this, because like there there is this, I think this um, this dichotomy of you know some people think that Mev is good and that I mean like that Mev is going to happen and we should just have like marketplaces for you know like the market to to like extract the value and and, and reallocate it in ways that make sense and then you have other people on the other side that think that we should try to like combat Mev right and I was talking to Braps a couple weeks ago and he says when you try to combat Mev you're just like moving those externalities somewhere else. And uh, you're, you're making a trade-off about like where the the MeV is ex- effectively being um, uh, extracted, and so I, I think that I'm of the opinion that you should just let the market figure it out figure it out, and yeah, I'm also quite new to MeV, right? So like yeah, had yeah, a few yeah. conversations, but I'm, I'm I'm I would tend towards being more uh, on the sort of like market aspect, and in this case, I think it makes sense for the hub to have these functionalities internalized. And yeah, like the auction mechanism, I think is cool. So like, basically, you can have builders, and this is the way I understand it. So like, builders like Skip or Mecha Tech or whatever, like they just basically now get to auction off uh, or participate, participate in an auction yeah, yeah. to um, to bid for block space, yep. and then the validators get to auction off their block space. But there's there's an assurance. So so for the builder, the block builder, there's an assurance that their block is, is going to get executed, which is not the case now, because now, like, if you run Skip or, or, or Mecca, you're effectively, like, the, they are trusting that the validator is going to run that yeah, block, right? That's like, right. the validator could take out the transaction that is paying the builder. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, my, my, and this is, you know, just from hearing this today, yeah. my gut reaction is that, it's, yeah, it's a good advancement.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, like, it's. I think it's going to be very interesting. The, oh, there's, there I mean, like, because it also seems to involve ABCI plus plus. Yeah. And okay, so it seems like the the Atom two question kind of segued directly into MeV. I think this is because it's the part that I find most interesting. I think it has the most promise and the most peril at the same time. Liquid staking kind of falls in this category too. Yeah. Uh, we, we we contributed. Uh, to that module to kind of get it ready for uh, IBC and CosmWasm. And in it, I see something that couldn't be built without a blockchain, something very technically bold, and something that, that most likely does increase risk. Mev, I kind of feel the same way about. And so, like, I don't, I, you know, my thought on this right now is sort of keep coding, and we've set the direction. There'll be governance proposals and things. So, you know, if anybody wants to pull the brakes on stuff, there'll be a gov prop to do that. Right now, I don't want to pull the brakes. I'd vote yes, Uh, both actually. Mm. But when I did that, I would talk about the risks. Mm. I'd say like, no, I'm not certain, but I like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Thanks so much, man. Certainly, man.